Hi, friends. Welcome to Created to Connect, a podcast that focuses on understanding our need and desire for relationships and how to overcome the obstacles that prevent us from truly connecting with God and each other. Join me on this journey as I discuss how family upbringing, cultural shifts, and the modern church have impacted how we relate. By applying God's word to our lives, we can begin to understand why he designed us to be in relationship with him and with others. I'm Sam Landa. Welcome to Created to Connect. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Created to Connect. This is episode 14. And today we're going to be discussing learning how to connect using emotional intelligence. So I'm really excited about this topic. We're going to discuss what it is, how it can help us in our daily relationships. Uh, I'm going to discuss how we experience, identify, regulate, and express emotions in our communication. And I'll also discuss how it becomes a factor in our relationship with God. Um, But before we begin, I I just want to uh, make a quick note that this is episode 14, which means that we are 10 episodes away from finishing season one right uh just thank you for tuning in thank you for your support and i'm really looking forward to today's topic so let's go ahead and jump right actually before we get into that um make sure if if it's at all possible to just share these episodes um the podcast will get higher rankings as you share and also comment and leave reviews on iTunes and so on. So if you can do that for me, that'd be great. I'd really appreciate that, guys. Thank you. So let's go ahead and start talking about emotional intelligence and what it is. And the reason I started thinking about this topic is because I think most of the issues that we have in our relationships, aside from sin being a factor, right? Sin breaks relationships apart. But I think more importantly than that is this idea of awareness of where we are, awareness of our walk with God, awareness of how we feel and experience emotions, and whether or not we are able to express those emotions in a positive way towards people that are close to us, towards uh, even towards God. So that is what we will be learning today. So essentially, emotional intelligence is... The ability to become self-aware of your emotions and be able to regulate yourself or regulate those emotions in a positive way. And doing so, it's going to allow your interactions with others to be filled with empathy and understanding because you get it. You just understand what other people are experiencing because you have allowed yourself to experience emotions as well. But... Along with that is it it really depends on a lot of background and upbringing, right? So let me touch here on the first point. So there's four points that I'm going to touch on. Uh, The first one is going to be experience. The second one is going to be identifying emotion. The second one, regulating emotion. And then lastly, expressing emotion. Okay, so let me start here with experiencing emotion. So just as a quick question, like how did you experience emotion growing up? Meaning, were you allowed to experience negative emotions such as anger, sadness, fear, jealousy even? Uh, Were you able to fully express those emotions or were you um, told to stop experiencing those emotions? For example, were you sad and they say, you know, 
you may have heard a message that said, well, you know, get over it. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Or if your anger, hey, you know, don't let your anger control you, which is true. You shouldn't let your anger control you. Um, but instead of fully experiencing what all that anger was, even if it was just writing it down on a sheet of paper or something like that, um, you were told not to have anger or that it's bad to have anger, right? And I don't think necessarily that having anger or having sadness or having fear is bad, right? It's what does that lead to? What kind of behavior stems from those feelings? So that's essentially what I'm getting at here with the experience. But a lot of that, again, stems from our childhood, how we were brought up, how even culturally, right? There's certain cultures that don't allow you to experience certain types of emotions. For example, many years ago, I went on a mission trip to Rwanda. And it was very interesting because, you know, they had the uh, genocide in 1993. And, you know, we went in 2011. So it's about, what is that, 18 years later. And so we're thinking that we're going to see still a lot of pain uh, because a lot of the children who went through that are now adult. We're now at that. We're at that time adults, and we were thinking that there was going to be some some trauma and some issues that we we're going to have to deal with. So we went there, and the people there were just very positive, very um, friendly, very obviously community based, and so not that we were confused by it. But we didn't really see our role in 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 healing and providing healing. And a big part of that was because there was a bishop there who uh, led them through the process of forgiveness. And um, they were able to forgive those who had killed many of their family members. And they even, you know, there was even one where they lived together and the offenders served those that... Um, uh, the women and children whom, you know, who they had killed their, their fathers and, and husbands. So it was just very, very interesting to see. But anyways, uh, the point with that is that in in Rwanda at that time when we went to go visit, there were a couple of emotions that were looked down upon. So if anyone showed anger or sadness, that was looked down upon. Uh, that was something that was not seen favorable among them. And a part of that, a large part, as, as uh, one of them shared with me, was that they had gone through so much through the genocide, right? That that was really, really a dark time for them. And that was a reason for being angry, sad, uh, and even fearful, right? But now they had so much blessings and they had such a better community that that, that came from that, that stemmed from that through the process of forgiveness that they felt that having being angry about something or being sad about something didn't uh, wouldn't be justified because they had gone through so much worse. So it was very interesting to see that. So that was a cultural thing, right? Um, in Hispanic culture, my, you know, my background, you know, it's it's uh, it's negative or not something that's very, very much promoted to experience Um uh, being gentle or compassionate as much and more so for the men you know you talk about machismo and you know being tough and so on and there's many things that I learned from being tough and um, learning to kind of put my emotions to the side 
Um, so I do feel it was positive in, in many ways, but there were some areas where it did limit me from being able to experience other emotions. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about that. But again, the first point being experience, how we experience emotion, a lot of it is determined by culture, but personality and values also play play a key role. And you know, when it comes to identifying emotion, one you, you have to look at how much you allow yourself to experience emotion, right? For example, many people will avoid feeling sad because they just don't like how it feels. I mean, I don't like to feel sad, so I'm just not going to allow myself to feel it. I'm going to try to feel something else, right? Or I'm going to distract myself with a an activity or something like that, right? But then when you're by yourself, you begin to have those feelings again, and it just kind of overcomes you in you know very suddenly so that's typically what happens when we kind of put our emotions to the side right but if we allow ourselves to experience both positive and negative emotions then we would have a we will have a broader range of being able to identify emotions so the second point here being identifying emotions so the first one is how we experience emotion second one is how we identify emotion and this essentially has to do with correctly labeling the emotion that we're feeling. There are some people who can experience much more emotion, and there's some people who can experience much less emotion than the average, right? And a lot of that has to do with just how much we allow ourselves to experience emotion. And the more emotion you're able to experience, both positive and negative, the easier it will be for you to identify those emotions in yourself and in other people okay so let me give you guys an example to to kind of work with here so if a uh, couple a boyfriend and a girlfriend dating for two years uh, break up okay so they break up after two years they're planning to get married and all of a sudden they break up and that is the current situation that they're in so that's one one example the second example think about a person who just lost a loved one over the weekend. Right? So we have two examples here of people who are going through tremendous pain. Right. So let's say this person, so let's say the boyfriend comes to you, you know, guys, and you know, he says, Dude, I just broke up with my girlfriend. Uh, you know, we we're planning to get married. I thought she was the one and all of these things. And you say, What? Like what emotion can you say to your friend that he must be feeling? And you turn to him and you say, do I know that that's horrible? Um, it must be really tough. Right. So let's let's just leave it there. Let's say that you said that must be tough. It's a good word. But does it really capture what he's feeling? OK, now let's go to the other guy um, who loses a loved one over the weekend, shares it with you. I'm feeling really sad and depressed. You know, me and this person, we're really close and I, I just don't know what to do. And you turn to that person and you say, "Hey, I'm I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Um, you uh, it must be real. You must feel real sad." So if we look at those two situations and we look at the words that were used for them, they do communicate what the person may be feeling, but it doesn't really capture exactly what they're feeling. Okay. And a lot of that has to do with, okay, so if I don't allow myself to experience much pain, then my range of 
feelings of identifying and also experiencing them is limited, right, to just sad. But if I have experienced great pain and I've allowed myself to experience great pain, I might say to my friend who who just broke up with his girlfriend, I might say, man, that must be heartbreaking, right? And to my friend who lost a loved one, I may say, wow, that, that's devastating news. I'm so sorry to hear that, right? So those two words, all I did was just change the words, which clearly connect with how they would be feeling in their given situation, right? But all of that has to do with how much I allow myself to experience pain and sadness and anger and so on. So I can have a broader range of not just experiencing emotion, but also being able to identify it. So the the more you're able to experience emotion, the more you're able to identify emotion and identify it well, right? So yes, sad was a good word um, in the sense that they are sad, but to really connect with the emotion that they're feeling, devastating, heartbreaking, those are probably more accurate words to capture what they're feeling, right? So this is this is part of, of number of number two, which is to identify emotion correctly. Okay, so now we know that we've experienced these emotions, we've identified what the emotion is. Now, how do I deal with this emotion? And this comes down to regulating emotion or uh, emotional regulation, right? And there's a lot of research, and I'm going to list the sources um, in the notes, but. Um, one article listed as the activation of a goal to influence the emotion trajectory. The activation of a goal to influence the emotion trajectory. So where do I want to feel? Or what is it that I want to feel? And how much of it do I want to feel? So typically when people are asked about coping with their emotions, they're usually usually going to refer to down-regulating negative emotions. So anger, sadness, anxiety, right? They want to down-regulate those. They don't want to experience those as much, right? But they'll, they'll also report up-regulating positive emotions, such as love, interest, and joy. So they're going to want to experience that a little bit more. So they're going to move themselves in that direction, right? Their, their emotions will be driven in that direction, um, a couple of factors that also play a role is intensity, duration, and quality. So oftentimes people will change the intensity of emotion by increasing or decreasing emotion experience or behavior. So for example, they'll hide their feelings uh, when they're feeling distressed about someone at work or about a specific situation, a painful situation in their life, right? They're going to hide their feelings. So they, they limit or change the intensity of that emotion. Uh, other times they'll change the duration, right? By increasing or decreasing how long. So drawing out a positive feeling by sharing good news with others. So that's one example. Um, maybe they will experience sadness while they're with a group of friends. But once those group of friends are gone, they, they won't want to experience that emotion anymore. Or vice versa, right? When they're with their friends, they're, um, they don't want to show any type of sadness, right? And then when the friends are gone, they do experience sadness and even cry because they're by themselves and it's a, a way to feel free to experience that emotion, right? And yet other times people will change the quality of an emotional response. So, for example, seeing the humorous side of an embarrassing situation, for example. 
So a lot of different ways in which people deal with emotion, right? They direct their emotion in a specific uh, direction, right? But the key here in regards to emotional regulation is controlling the intensity, the duration, and the quality of those emotions, right? So this is what people want to do when they ever, when they experience, whether it be positive or negative emotions. So number three, regulating emotions. And then lastly, expressing emotions. So can you find positive ways to express emotion to others? And a big part of this really, it's it's once you understand your feelings, right? And once you're comfortable with sharing uh, what you're actually feeling, whether it be anger, confusion, sadness, or depression, or joy, love, compassion, whatever whatever the case is, once you're comfortable sharing those emo- experiencing those emotions, then you can begin to express those emotions to others, right? And again, this translate into translates into our relationship with God, right? If you grew up in a home where um, positive emotions were were downplayed then it's likely that you won't be able to share that with God. Now, God knows what we're experiencing. God knows what we're feeling. But you may feel a disconnect, right? You may feel like you because you can't put a word to your pain, and let's say you're reading the Bible and you, you just come to this verse and maybe a psalm, and the psalms do speak to us. It's like, yes, I get it. What David is saying here, I get it, Right? And I think God uses his word oftentimes, right, to speak to us in our pain. Um, so even if we grew up with a home in a home that did not allow for expression of positive emotions, we can still sense God's presence through his word, right? Again, the more comfortable we are in sharing our innermost feelings and thoughts with the Lord, the more we'll feel connected to him, okay? Now, God's going to speak to us either way, right? Whether we we feel like it or not, he will speak to us through his word, okay? And the more we meditate on his word, the more we focus on him, the better that relationship will become. But it is important to be honest about how we feel in difficult situations, right? And not try to hide those feelings, you know? If you lose a parent or someone that meant a lot to you, and you're angry or confused, it's okay to share that with God. You know, uh, I always think of it as having a um, humble, respectful complaint to God, right? I'm not pointing my finger at God and saying, Lord, it's because of you that X, Y, Z, or all these things happened, right? I may feel like I don't understand why he did it, but I'm not becoming prideful and pointing my finger at him and thinking that I know better, right? Uh, God knows what he's doing and he knows why he allows things to happen. And many times it's to draw us closer to him, right? If you think about it, when things are going good, we may not seek him as much because we don't see a need for him. We're very um, uh, need focused, right? If I don't need anything, then why call you, right? But if I do need something, I will call you because I know that you have the power to deal with my situation, right? And again, all we need to do is look at the Psalms. I mean, look at the Psalms to see how real those emotions are. David, the psalmist, how real their emotions are and how they 
share those with the Lord, right? So the bottom line here in being able to express emotions is that we look to express to others and to God how we feel about them, how we feel about situations that we're going through in our lives, and how we can do this in a way that is fruitful for those relationships. So there's obviously a lot to discuss, but if you can do these four things, guys, if you can um, experience emotion, allow yourself to experience emotion, you may not have grown up that way, but allow yourself now to experience emotion, you'll be able to then identify it much better and much clearer, right, and have a clear descriptive word for whatever it is that you're feeling and once you identify then you can deal with it right with emotional regulation remember that you're looking to change the intensity the duration and the quality of that response whatever you want that to be you're directing it in the direction that you want okay and once you direct that emotion in a specific way then it's finding positive ways to express that emotion to others and again, sometimes it's talking it out with a friend. Sometimes it's journaling. Sometimes it's playing an instrument, right? Whatever it is, you're just trying to find a positive way to express those emotions. Okay, so my tip for this week is next time you find yourself experiencing some strong emotions, see if you can do the following. Um, take one minute to write up as many positive emotions you can think of okay then take another minute to write up as many negative emotions you can think of so again you're experiencing strong emotions how many of those are positive or how many can you think of that are positive how many think can you think of that are negative right and then ask yourself do i have more positive or negative emotions written down okay and that's just going to give you a little bit of insight of what you allow yourself to experience a little more more often than not and then for the negative emotions, see if you can find some positive ways to process and express those emotions. If you already have them, again, you could be journaling. Uh, if you're angry, you can go for a run or play a sport. Uh, you can talk to a trusted friend about it. Whatever the case is, just see if you have some positive ways to process and express those emotions. And with time, you'll begin to see that processing and expressing your emotions in any of these ways will become a really good habit for you. So that is emotional intelligence, guys. So I hope that you find uh, the content of today's episode helpful. Uh, today's was a little bit shorter than, than usual, but I'm sure that's, that's fine. I just wanted to give you guys some good content on emotional intelligence. So, guys, again, uh, just remember to share this episode, like and share this episode, and uh, just get the word out. And I will greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week.